0: So Romans three twenty three and twenty four.
1: For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came through by Christ Jesus.
0: All right. Thank you, Jill. Thanks, Lord so i'm going to pray for Carl now um you know lots of prayer this morning, but more prayer' good good and so um and um yeah we are going to talk through Carl's testimony, but um I just want to remind us that um the thing about a testimony is, is it's not uh we're not the hero of the story, God's always the hero of the story, and so though this is Carl's testimony this morning it's it's actually God's story of his impact in Carl's life. And and so, um, and, and the beautiful thing about a testimony is it just reminds us that God is um, all-powerful but very present and imminent in each and everyone's life. So let's pray for Carl um, as he shares his story and that we would see God's story in it this morning. So, Father, we just thank you for Carl. We thank you for your story in his life. We thank you for all the different ways and all the different people that you've worked through to... Um, to bring him to a place of relationship with you, bring him to a place of following you, and bring him to a place where he desires to lead others um, towards relationship with you. And so, I just pray for peace for Carl. Um, I pray that um, the nerves he has would be used for your glory um, through him. And um, yeah, just pray that this, though it's not a, a sermon or what we might be used to this morning, Lord, that we'd still be open um, in our hearts, in our minds. Um, to be shaped and transformed by you. In Jesus' almighty name I pray, amen. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Barry, I really that's, appreciate That's more audience participation than I've ever had right there. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it had um, to be this morning, didn't it? So, so Carl, um, actually this week, because we voted as a church and we talked about it and we're going to um, celebrate that a bit more next week with some of our leaders, but actually this week um, you start employment um, uh with the church um and so um we're going to talk a little bit about how we got there and so um you didn't grow up in a, a family that went to church you didn't grow up in um i was blessed to grow up in a family that took me to church regularly and and was able to meet jesus that way but just just to paint us paint us a brief broad brush of kind of your family background just to give us an understanding of where you have come from
1: all right look i um i had wow that's a bit um, so, look. I grew up in a very loving family. Like, my my parents were super supportive of pretty much whatever I wanted to do, uh, which was which was really awesome and a little bit irritating sometimes, because um, you know it's hard to rebel when your parents just basically go, "No, nah, it's cool, go with it." Um, however, they were not they were not church people. They are not Christians to this day. They are not Christians. Um, so much so that I was very surprised they didn't drive on the other side of the road when we drove past a church. They really just didn't... They didn't like... They didn't like the concept. Now, you saying that, I had a f- fantastic upbringing. Um, and and I think a lot of what I went through with my family actually makes me the man I am today. Um, but yeah, like that that's just a general thing. I was born in Armidale, for those of you who know where Armidale is. Um, and we moved to Sydney when I was... But nine, must have been about nine. I don't know, it might have been a bit earlier. I was very little. Um, So, uh, and I was raised on the North Shore in Sydney. So, poor family, rich street, you know, that kind of of stuff. It was good. All our neighbours had pools, so that was a plus, no maintenance. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much us.
0: So, you only need one pool on the street and you're sorted. Um, and that and that, that reminds me that you're actually the first person in January to to share that's not living on Discovery Drive um, at the moment. So um, that was not entirely intentional. So break with the tradition. Um, and so you didn't have a church background. Uh, you didn't. You, your family wasn't was was kind of not into the idea of church. Um, and I've just learned something new this morning that you for the first nine years of your life that we lived about an hour apart. Um, I didn't realize that. So. Um, there we go. Uh, so, so you've grown up uh, with a family, loving family, um, but, um, yeah, not connected with the church in any way. And so can you tell us a little bit about how you, how you kind of connected with and, and you told me you became a Christian about 18 or 19. So just fill in a little bit of that journey from, I guess, a nine-year-old that's moved to Sydney with a family, poor family on the rich street, um, don't go to church. Just fill in a bit of that journey towards becoming a Christian at 18 or 19.
1: I guess probably most of that doesn't happen until, well, pretty much until 18. Um, so I had a pretty boring life, like, to, to be honest, um, up until I became a Christian. And we'll share that a bit of the excitement in a bit. Um, but essentially, like, I was just a pretty normal, well, as normal as I get, right? But I was a pretty normal kid. Um, like, I love my music, um, very into art. And kind of the humanity subjects. So, like, maths, science, all that stuff. Still can't understand it. Um, but, but yeah, like, I just... I basically just enjoyed myself. Um, we were an outdoors family, so we were bushwalking a lot. Um, like, I had a very kind of relaxed, easygoing um, childhood. And, and I feel very blessed by that. Um, and then, um, at 18... I was about 18. Um, I'd finished my HSC, oh so I must have been 19. I finished my HSC twice and done remarkably poorly both times. Um, so at least I set standards. Um, and I guess um, after that, I went to TAFE um, to study Auslan just because.
0: For, for those that don't know what Auslan oh, sorry, me. sign
1: language. So yep. I, went to, I went to study sign language. I'm not 100% sure why. I think maybe God had something in there because I don't really remember any sign language. But there was, as, as I get, you know, very approving shakes of heads from the back of the room. Um, but, but yeah, and so I kind of I went to TAFE and and I met some. Actually, look, I met Selena, so I'm going to dob her in. Um, and uh, we just got we got, got chatting, and we have a very similar sense of humour. And you can talk to us about that later. Um, and we just kind of we got to know each other became friends uh and then one day she and like an i'll say older because she's not here woman from the church um offered to to drop me home and i think in the course of that conversation they mentioned that they were christians and i just turned around i just went oh you're one of those was i'm pretty sure almost verbatim my response um and then somehow over the next number of months Let's go with... I'm not good with time frames. I'm sorry. This is my maths failing, you know, coming to light. Um, I I got to know them better. Um, and I think they might have invited me to church. Yeah? Cool. Okay. Cool. Thank you. It's, it's good to have the backup from the back of the room. Um, and, yeah, and look, I... And so I started going along to church. I wasn't really interested, but the people were kind of cool. And so... Um, we just sat there and showed <laughs> sure. yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe I should. Um, all right, so when I actually went to church, I guess the thing that, that really kind of got me is that like, I sat down up the back. It's like ev- even now, I'm a little weirded out sitting up the front, but I definitely sat up the back when I first started going. And people sat down with me and basically gave me a piece of paper and a pen. And just said, look, you're probably going to find this a bit weird. All right, so for no- someone who's never been to church before, that's a pretty accurate description. Um, some of the stuff that we do is a bit out of comfort zone. Um, but they just told me to go through whatever I heard and if I was confused about anything or I disagreed with anything or any questions, just to write them down. And then at the end of every service, they sat down and they um and they basically went through those questions and explained things to me that I didn't understand, that I was curious about. And that was actually a huge part of... Of my growth in that space,
0: so they they um, welcomed you in and, and allowed you space to to ask questions, to push back, and 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 to um, not just have to sit quiet and be in the corner um, and and um, swallow it whole. Yeah, that didn't um, happen until later. And so so you you, you kind of connected with um, just through relationship, through friendship with. Um, with Selena um, and some other Christian friends. You kind of started going to church. And just tell us a little bit about then that, that, I guess, decision moment um, to become a Christian.
1: Um, I I guess, you know, like I really love hearing stories of people's, like like moments of kind of coming into belief when they're these beautiful, extravagant moments. I kind of didn't have that. Um, I, I started spending most of my time with the people I knew from church. Um, and I just kind of, and I sat down, and you know, as I said, I kind of thought my life was really boring, and like nothing was happening, I kind of wanted, I wanted more, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted, and I just kind of sat there in church one day, I just went, right, I've had enough, I don't want to do it anymore, if you reckon you can do better, you've got it, and that was pretty much, that was pretty much my point of, of connecting with God, but I was, um, I was talking to Nick earlier in the week, and I did make a very big point of, the fact that that my coming to believe, coming to faith um, was actually quite distinctly separated from my choice to follow Christ, um, so there were a number of years in between those two kind of uh, moments
0: uh, so yeah, when we talk, spoke the other day about what you would share and i 'll just pick up. Um, uh, you used a phrase in that kind of that decision, yeah, like as you said, yeah, you, let, let's do this in a sense. Let's put our faith in Jesus that there's a shift in you from a it's something I should do to something I want to do. Um, and then, yeah, but then, so often I'll use kind of, Becoming a Christian and following Jesus is interchangeable um, terms, but you told me that there was there was a, a period of time between becoming a Christian in terms of putting your faith in Jesus for salvation um, and choosing to follow Him in, choosing, in terms of pursuing uh, His plans and purposes for your life. So, um, tell us a little bit about that space between that that some of us. Um, yeah, as I say, I use those terms interchangeably, um, and and there's a, we'll, we'll reflect in a moment on what Jill read this morning, but um, just tell us a little bit about that space between and what that was what was happening for you there.
1: Yeah, um, I, I guess look, I I very much accepted. So from what you read this morning, I very much accepted the whole all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but that's kind of where I put the full stop, and so. So I you know I, I came to faith and then I just kind of went, well i'm a really terrible person um, that was that was my that was my moment I just went, well, I'm really 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 bad, and so I basically decided that if I was that bad, I should go out and justify feeling that bad and so I essentially went from a very boring life to uh, to I was talking with Alex about Alex, my wife, for those of you who don't know um, about this earlier, and she she kind of uh Put it as I kind of went all Rolling Stones, um, which I think is probably a really accurate description and one that doesn't require too much explanation to your children. Um, so, and like I just I went. Right I thought off that the was
0: rails. a metaphor, and I was trying to work it out, but then I realised you were just like you went and lived like the Rolling Stones. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's yeah,
1: that's that's the one, not the yeah, not the nice, not the nice subtle version. Um, and and look, I went right off the rails. Um, I just, I went into, look, everything pretty much. Um, and, I, and look, I have a lot of experiences from that time in my life that I, that I feel after decades and decades now benefit me in my ability to connect and relate to other people. Um, but still not a proud moment for, for me. Um, like, you know, like I, I developed a relationship with God but had no idea what type of relationship that should actually be or what type of relationship God wanted that to be. Um, and so there would have been, well, let's just say years. Let's let's just say years. I'm getting nods from up the back. We'll go with years yeah. um, of that kind of period.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I just, as we talked the other day, I just thought, yeah, just wanted to draw out that Romans 3.23, that um, especially for someone not with a, a church background and kind of the, um, osmosed um, biblical understanding in a sense of just grabbing onto that, okay, well, I'm a sinner and i am fallen short of God's glory, then, well, you know, and that shame cycle of, of running around in that without um, grabbing hold. And I think that's something for all of us in the sense of, if I start the sentence for all have, most people who've been in a church for for a while can quote the rest of that sentence, Sit, fall have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, but I've asked you to quote the next sentence, which is a bit cheating because Jill's already read it this morning, but rarely, rarely we can. Um, and Paul only says in that context, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, to get to the next sentence, which is all are justified um, freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. And so um, it's a good reminder for us that that we don't just lead people to understanding how how much they need Jesus, but into understanding how much Jesus has accomplished for them. Um, uh, so coming back to your st- your story, Carl, in in terms of that, yeah, you became a Christian, you put your faith in Him, um, but as you said there, you didn't really understand what kind of relationship God wanted that to look like. And there's there's not necessarily a moment, but a point at which you shift back towards not just believing in Jesus, but following Him, following Him. And so, just tell me about what influenced that and and that shift.
1: Like I'd, I'd like to point out first that, like, during those years, um, I would believe that I was very good at hiding that. At least I was good at hiding it from most people. Um, but I will, I will give full credit to Dave, who probably doesn't want to take it, um, to up the back, because he was, he was the one person who, during that time, when I, when I went so off the rails that I just collapsed into a heap and needed someone to talk to at 2 o'clock in the morning, he was the phone call I made. And pretty much every time he would, he would wake up, drive out, come and meet me and just sit and let me vent or talk or just say nothing. Um, and I think uh, as an encouragement to anybody, most of the times, you know, we feel a bit uncomfortable when someone calls up and makes that request of us. Um, but I think sometimes it's actually most of the time it's worthwhile going and being there for that person and i would highly suggest not saying a word because mostly if 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 the person's going through what i know i was going through and i was racked with guilt and pain and suffering it's like i don't need someone else to point that out right i'm i'm well at that point when i'm making a call when i'm making a phone call to someone who probably doesn't deserve it at two o'clock in the morning i know exactly where i'm at um, and, and I just, you know, I, I just want to say that's, that was a big part of kind of what pulled me through that. Um, there was also an experience where we went to stay, or we went over for a, a barbecue, and I don't know exactly what it was at a house in Narrabeen, um, with a whole bunch of people. And I'm pretty sure all the girls were sleeping upstairs, and all the guys were sleeping downstairs in a room, except for me, who was up until the wee early hours of the morning, just talking. To people and for those of you who know me that's not particularly surprising um, but I think in that in those hours just those long hours in a room full of guys who to this day I am sure were pretty much all praying for me at that moment um, that's when God actually reached down and made me realize that it wasn't about how bad I was that it was all about how good he was um, and at, and at that point, like, I realised that it wasn't just a, it wasn't just a passive thing. I, I didn't just become a Christian and then just kind of sit down and life was all necessarily hunky-dory. Like that was a, it was a commitment. It was a relationship. It was, it was two sides. Like so God came, you know, most of the way to me, but I needed to choose to follow Him.
0: And, and so it was through, um, you know, um, amazing. Uh, Friends and faithful friends who didn't give up on you through that season, um, like Dave um, and Selena, and and um, and through the kind of opportunity. And I guess it's that 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 um, picture you painted for us that at the start when you first walked into the church. They said, ask questions. Here's a bit of paper. You know, anything you're not sure about, and just that that persisted through. Not necessarily with a bit of paper, but you were given space to. Um, not have to be perfect, but to be loved and accepted, and, and people had lots of patience with you during that time. And so, a phrase you used when we chatted the other day is that you needed um, God's love to be real, in a sense, in, in terms of people's flesh, that, that, that you needed other people to show you that it was all real, in that sense. So
1: Yeah, look, I, I guess, um, like, for me, like, like, as Nick mentioned before, well, and as I mentioned, I wasn't raised in a Christian household. Like a lot of these like fundamental basics of faith, I like I didn't have I didn't know a lot of this stuff. I was still very much in my infancy, in my faith. Um, and so what really made the difference for me was to see the words in the Bible lived out through other people um, and and the forgiveness and the love and the compassion and the grace and the mercy and all those things. They were all poured out over me by God, through people, um, because in my life that's what really that's what really made the difference to me, um, and and it works. For it sometimes it works for some people, and for other people it doesn't, and it happens differently. But but for me, I needed that that truly tangible experience um, of God's love, where where I felt the people around me just were love, like not showed me love, but they were love to me. And that's the experience I had.
0: <clears throat> and so um, we can probably grab a lot out of that for our own kind of connecting with people outside of a church context and, and seek, seeking to love them and lead them towards Jesus. But um, your heart is, um, well, for the church to grow, but but specifically in your personal heart is to connect with those who are uh, not churched, who are in our local community, um, and so, as a church uh, other than what we 've already spoken about about that patience and love uh, for people over a long haul, um, is there one kind of key thing from someone who 's walked that journey, still walking that journey from from that I guess unchurched, unbelieving background to going to church, believing, then following, and then wanting to lead others towards jesus can you Can you give us a just one kind of i guess nugget about? Uh, maybe a perspective shift or a heart shift for us in terms of connecting and leading unchurched people to Jesus? One one thing, one, one thing okay, for okay. now. <laughs> okay.
1: um, uh, Luke, do you know what? Uh, about a week ago, I was staying with my mum and ever since I was a little kid, she's had a, to follow me on this, right? She's had a coffee cup um, that just says nobody's perfect and it's like made on a 45 degree angle. And I think like, that that's kind of the thing. It's like, nobody is perfect. I am surely not perfect. And without trying to insult anybody, I would say that nobody here is perfect either. But that's a good thing. Right? Like, if we were perfect, what would God have to work with? It's like, and the other thing is, too, that the less perfect we are, the more relatable we are. Like, accept and love the fact that we're broken and damaged people and that, and that thats what everybody else is. And I think sometimes the thing that we, you, you know, it's hard to admit that we're not. It's hard to admit that we're not perfect, or that we don't have it all together, or that we're not, we're not the shining examples of what we need to be. Just like if you have guests over, you scrub your house top to bottom generally, um, right? You you spend you spend days or hours at least doing that for most people, and that's to present. The image that you want to present. And I think sometimes doing life with people, like real messy, kind of, you know, unhinged life with people is what reaches people who've never been brought up in a church. Right? Because that's that's their experience normally. Most people have that experience, no matter how perfect they make their life seem. And I think what really opens people's hearts is the fact that you're willing to share to share the raw Unpolished version of you.
0: Thanks, Carl. Um, yeah, so there's that that sense of not just showing showing perfection, you know, perfection to the world, and and in a sense, the world then says, "Well, you're a bunch of hypocrites because I know you're not perfect." And um, um, but yeah, just sharing real life and coming alongside. And and so I just want to encourage us. We'll, we'll wrap up there, and, and it feels free. She'll come and... uh, She had a baby a minute ago. She'll come and um, lead us in a final worship song. But I just want to encourage you um, that we might look to um, the loud and the boisterous, uh, the upfront evangelists to think those are the kind of people that lead people to Jesus. Um, But... uh, uh, David and Selina, um, and they just happen to be now again at the part of the same church as Carl. Um, none of this happened here in Yass. Um, well, continues to happen in Yes, I guess. But um, David and Selena are some of the, the, the quietest um, people I know. You might not think that of Selena, but just her passion for children's ministry um, overflows that she's prepared to do some of those more um, extroverted looking things. Um, and so, I just want to encourage you um, that you might think, "Well, I'm not the kind of person that leads people to Jesus." But it's, but it's upon all of us just to love, to be patient, to do real life alongside people over the long haul. That will lead more people to Jesus than, than um, the big evangelists and things like that.
1: Um, I just, I just want to encourage you. Like, we've got the 21 days of prayer and fasting coming up um, in February, and if you don't know. Um, what to fast from. I encourage you that it doesn't have to be standard stuff, so you don't have to quit coffee or chocolate or wine or whatever it is. Um, Sometimes, if you're the kind of person who struggles with having people in your house, like maybe commit over the course of three weeks to, to, to fast from being isolated, to have someone over. Like if you do that once in three weeks and it's something you never do, that's a huge thing to do that because I truly believe if that's something that you're struggling with, um, if you're struggling with connecting with people, if you fast from the comfort of being in your own shell and you get out, God will bless you and He will bless so many other people through that. So I I just want to encourage you that that, that's, that's also an option for you.
0: Well, let me pray. Um, and during our last song, we'll, we'll hand out the devotion booklets for our prayer and fasting season. But, um, um, yeah, let me pray. And I just want to read one, John, John chapter 1, verse 14, which says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And, and so, Father, I just pray, um, thank you for your story in Carl's life pray for all the threads that have been woven together to to form carl into who he is today and i i thank you that that story as it does for all of us continues that you continue to shape us and weave us Um, and yeah lord i thank you for those uh, for david and selena and for all the other people um, that um, loved and led carl and uh, supported him and, and were not judgment but giving of grace that have kept Carl um, encouraged and pursuing you on that journey. And so I pray for all of us as well that we would be um, uh, the flesh of Jesus in the lives of those that don't yet know you, that they would see your glory, they would see your grace and truth through us. In Jesus' almighty name.